1: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things dog pound, LGB on the L O B, the Lockdown Browns podcast brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast, whatever platform you choose. Make sure you're following, subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast, five-star ratings, written reviews, and of course, as always, we appreciate all of you who make Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. All season continues Thursday as we take you into championship weekend. We'll get to picks tomorrow. As for the, I believe, probably the first time in the history of the show, um, I am actually holding a lead over Mr. Pete Smith in about four years. So kudos for me, and I'm sure I'll find a way to botch it all up this weekend. Uh, You know, things to get to. uh, Latest NFL news here, Nathaniel Hackett, Pete will now be leaving the Green Bay Packers headed to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And Pete with a lot of this, obviously they will, this will bring just even more spice and rhetoric and conversation towards a certain current Green Bay Packers quarterback and maybe, you know, where he was already possibly aligned to the Denver Broncos. I'm assuming for anybody looking to create some content, you should be able to have some fun with this one over the next weeks and months.
0: Well, I mean, there's no question that the the Broncos have already uh, expressed interest in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they, when he was deciding whether he would or wouldn't play last year, they made calls, inquiries about that. I mean, they've also, you know done the same with Russell Wilson. Um, but I would think I would hope that they didn't hire Nathaniel Hackett entirely based on this the idea that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers, because if they don't, then, you know, what was the hire for it? So I, I would assume that, you know, the Aaron Rodgers aspect of this is a bonus, not the, not the reason, but uh, we'll see what happens because, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, an element of control of of where his future goes, but uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, um, if that sort of greases greases the wheels to get that moving and get them Aaron Rodgers, um, the the Broncos are in a tremendous position to compete next year, even in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. They have the the a defense and weaponry that can put them in position to win the Super Bowl immediately. So, um, you know, that part is important. But, you know, if Nathaniel Hackett isn't equipped to hire a staff or any of the other things that come down to being a head coach, all that's probably not going to matter. So, um, you know, the Broncos hired the guy that they thought would lead the team the best, at least one would think.
1: Uh, and, you know, it's not, you know, the worst job in the world. I mean, you, you have a decent running game. Uh, you have wide receivers, you know, even though with Jerry Judy, probably underachieved, you know, some to this point, you Noah know, Fant, uh, you know, defense, uh, you know, have a nice, nice looking secondary right now in Denver, led by Justin Simmons, certainly Patrick Sertain Jr. Um, you know, biggest question mark is you know who's behind center um you know teddy bridgewater drew luck we kind of said it going into last year it was it wasn't a question of who was the guy the question was which one's the one that's going to play because neither one of them was essentially the guy so to speak so if it's not aaron Rodgers, and i do believe it's nine that denver holds in the draft which could be perfect position to nab the top quarterback on the board Sure, Aaron Rodgers would be huge, but Pete, this is going to come down to what they actually get behind center about you know the lengths of where this team can actually
0: go. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, that would be, you know, that would be the division to watch in football. I mean, it just it, w- it would be. I mean, the Seahawks don't have to trade Russell Wilson; they've got two years left on the deal. I mean, I I don't think they're going to be
1: the Seahawks good. for
0: this. Just real quick,
1: what does that do for Pete Carroll? At the age he is, at the state he is in his NFL career, what do you do it? I mean, I, you, you're going to move on for Russell Wilson for to maybe be around another three, four seasons, and and see where whoever this new guy comes in develops. That's the issue I have with Seattle. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and that would be if, if I was ownership in that situation, that would be the question I would ask. Uh, like, what, what what are we doing here? Uh, how does this get better? All those things. So yeah, I mean if they're intent on keeping Russell Wilson and you have Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert and uh, Patrick Mahomes, like, you know, you are, uh, uh, you are looking at why, and I don't know why I think the Seahawks are still an AFC team because I'm still back in the freaking nineties, but uh, the, the, old the Raiders days, baby. The, yeah. <laughs> Dave Craig, Dave Craig rolling out there. So uh, then the Raiders with Derek Carr, you know, you have, what you're you're hoping, and, and we'll see if, if the the Raiders can get any better. But you are hoping to have a marquee matchup every single week, every single game of the year in in division play. You are you you are having star power. Every game is going to have massive stakes. Um, how how you perform in the division is great, and then you get these quarterback matchups. And Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr have already put together some dr- great uh, great showcases, um, you know, Herbert and potentially Aaron Rodgers makes that a really fun division. My question for that is Aaron Rodgers may not be thrilled at the idea of going to see Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr every week, or, you know, six weeks out of the year, uh, and potentially in the playoffs. Um, Is that where he wants to go? So, you know, and I've seen reports saying, oh, that's exactly where he wants to go. But I, you know, I have a difficult time seeing him leave Green Bay. Um, It's an easy path to get to the playoffs. It's an easy path to get to the one seed and get that bye week. So we'll see. I I, I think this ultimately is a leverage play by Aaron Rodgers. Again, he can – dictate you guys build a dome by the time I get back and they'll have a dome there um, because he, he, he has more control there than he would any other organization in no small part, because there is no, uh, you know, physical manifestation of an owner. Like there is, um, there are people who run the organization, but there's no like one person he has to answer to or can basically put him in his place or anything like that. So it's an in, in interesting uh, dynamic, but yeah, I mean, We'll see what the Broncos do, if they can make it work, but it would certainly be the most entertaining division in football to watch every week. Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially in Green
1: Bay, there's no Don. There's nobody to sit down when everybody says, well, this is my thought, this is his thought, this is his thought, and there's no ironclad ruling decision maker at the end of the day. So in this case, in the way that Green Bay Packers currently are now, sad to say, but yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, who essentially is basically the Don of the Green Bay Packers. Um, you got to a situation where it did end up Aaron Rodgers out in Denver. Um, you're talking about what, if there was an AFC West game scheduled for the week, hello, Sunday night football or hello, Monday night football. Uh, that's where it's going to be. Uh, the games would be paramount. The games would be epic. Um, and, you know, it, it'd be a lot of bloodshed. I mean, as far as just, you know, teams going at it, because, you know, I mean, you're talking about games as early as, you know, week 10, week 11, these games would be truly meaningful because these teams in Besides, you know, not including their division games, these games would be, teams would be favored in most of the games that you're going to play. Um, so certainly would be interested in the manifestation of that. Uh, also, the thought process of being, bringing Rodgers to Denver. Granted, he's got a confident there in Nathaniel Hackett. Um, but you're also, you know, basically as, asking one of the biggest ego guys in the NFL – Hey, we need you to check your ego at the door. And normally in those circumstances, it's not an on and off switch. You either are that way or you aren't. Um, so you can't have him walking into a you know a franchise that looks pretty good on paper, other than the quarterback position, and have him coming in and you know, just being this, you know, I don't want to say distraction, but just being this, you know, this is the way I think it should be done. And if it's not, I'm gonna cry and piss and moan about it, like he certainly has. You know, with what Green Bay's done over the years, the way they've spent some of the free agent capital, the way they've spent some of the draft capital. And, you know, for the most part, with that, with Aaron Rodgers, it, I, I think he looks wrong and I think he looks foolish at times. Um, You know, the pick of Eric Stokes, this was another one that probably, you know, he had put some, you know, basically juice into them that he wasn't thrilled about it. He wanted more on offense. Well, guess what? Jair Alexander went down. Eric Stokes was their best cornerback on their team this year. Um, it, You know, people do not like being question what they're about, how they do their work or what work they do. And imagine, you know, being part of that green Bay front office, being as successful as they are. And look, a lot of that is due to the fact of Aaron Rodgers. There's no question about it, Um, but they're getting it done year in, year out. They're getting players in here, uh, you know, at, you know, getting players in here, getting talent in here, putting this roster in the best possible to succeed. And guess what? Number one seed last year, number one seed in the playoffs this year. The one thing the front office can't do obviously is play the games. Um, but for the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, your new head coach, uh, offense coordinator-wise, it looks like maybe Denver's trying to hopefully get Nathaniel Hackett to push uh, their offensive line coach to the top as coordinator job. Um, apparently early rumors that they want to pluck somebody from the Los Angeles Rams staff for their defensive coordinator. We'll see how all that plays out. But the Denver Broncos have their new head coach, maybe more dominoes starting to fall here. Maybe this sets up for Dan Quinn in Chicago, however that works. Uh, I guess we'll see however that works. We're going to get to more here. Locked on Browns, Thursday edition. Pete Smith in the house with your host, Jeff Lloyd. Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets sent, added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, promo code TOUCHDOWN. A lot of questions, Pete, as far as the Browns and the offseason. Of course, this all starts with free agency. Um, does J- and Clowney, is this basically the pillar of how maybe most of this goes? If you can get this done... Then you start working on your own free agents. But is Jadavia and Clowney essentially the key to the Browns offseason as far as strategy, structure of their plan, a course of action of what they want to get accomplished from the beginning of March through late April?
0: Yes. Um, I don't, you know, I, one, it's Clowney is. Uh, expressed interest in, in staying in Cleveland. He seems to like Cleveland. He seems to really like Joe Woods. Um, and they don't have another answer. You know, I, I don't know what would be the answer for not having Jadevi and Cluny. Like, they don't have anything in house, they don't have really the means to go out and get somebody. Um, you know, it it, it, it might almost have them waiting for the draft to try to do it. And, and that's a really risky way to go. So, you know, I, 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 I think like, I am at like 95% the Jadavian Clowney gets re-signed. Um, if they have to, they could franchise them. I don't think they want to do that, but um, I, I don't think it'll get to that point, but I think um, Clowney will get done to like a, maybe it's a, two-year deal or a three-year deal or the third year doesn't really mean anything, but it, it's critical because they don't have that. And not having him would be create a massive hole. Um And you already have a hole on a defensive tackle. You, you know, how many, how many ways can you sort of blow up this defensive line where now it's just miles Garrett by himself? Um So yeah, Clowney's critical. Clowney um, is the player that they could, that I think, that will get the most attention early. I mean, unless you know, like David Joku comes in and goes, "Hey, let's get this done," and 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 they can knock it out. I want to try. He's,
1: let's get this finished. <laughs> like
0: he's the one where it's the easiest to actually use the franchise tag, even though the Browns don't like to use it um, because they don't like the message it sends. But that's one where you could like be okay with using the franchise tag because it'd be like around ten million dollars for another year of him. Um, but yeah, Clowney critical to what they want to do. Clowney um, was a significant impact for this team, um, and he's healthier than he has been in in years coming out of a season, which is a big deal. Um, he feels good about where he's at, and he's coming off a year where you know it, it was weird in how the production came. He had four sacks in his last two games, uh, but nevertheless, he he was one. You know, he he almost. Uh, got to his career mark of 9.5 um if, as long as he's healthy um, there's little reason he can't get double digits for the first time in his career next year he loves having you know big reason he came here was miles garrett miles garrett's not going anywhere um so yeah he's he's a critical critical element to to what this team wants to be
1: And there is a little bit more to this, too. You know, you have Jadavian Clowney. um, You want to have Miles Garrett. Obviously, Miles Garrett has spoken up about the fact he would like to have Jadavian Clowney around. Um, And this isn't something Miles Garrett truly enjoys doing. um, But whether he likes it or not, he is essentially the leader of this team. Um, you know, whatever position, position, situation, people have put Baker Mayfield in, certainly that's another story. Um, but Miles Garrett is, you know, a leader of this team. He is a stand-up person. He speaks, people listen. Um, when he says, "I would like this guy back," and as long as Jadavian Clowney wants to be back, you feel the necessary. You feel you know, the necessity to get Jadavian Clowney back in the fold. The two play extremely well together. I think the Browns were extremely intelligent in their handling of Jadavian Clowney. Um look, he's similar to Miles in the fact, you know, that two of them really aren't built like football players. They're built like small forwards in the NBA. Um and both yoked up, ripped up. Um there's going to be dings. There's going to be slight muscle pulls, and you've got to be understanding and sympathetic to that process and understanding the fact that, you know, hey, maybe there's weeks where Friday you might get them out there on the field and get just enough out of them. But, you know, you pray and hope that they're ready to go on Sunday. Also the understanding of there's going to be a game or two that's missed, um, you know, just for the maintenance of the body. Um, and sometimes, you know, you, you deal with that. And I think the Browns absolutely, and you, know, we had talked about this, you know, having a plan in place for Jadavian Clowney where he could be at his ultimate success. I think it worked out perfectly. If I'm Clowney, you can't ignore how the brands handled the situation this year, how he ended up handling, you know, his business handling his statistical output. Now Clowney has been a Texan. He has been a Seahawk. He has been a Tennessee Titan. He has been a Cleveland Brown. He's had, you know, these issues of mistime everywhere he went. Um, Browns were able to find a way to, you know, circumnavigate that to get the best out of him, which in turn was the best for them. So I, you know, for Jadamie Clowney, yes, this is, you know, this is where it lets all the dominoes go because, it eases up, you know, your, you know, as far as what you're looking draft wise. I don't want to say it eases it up, but it makes it easier to manipulate the draft as far as what you're looking for essentially in the draft. Pete, what do you think is a contract that maybe appeases all sides here as far as, you know, the Browns are happy and satisfied and Jadavian Clowney is happy and satisfied? He can go where it's warm and show back up in August to be ready to go.
0: Yeah. Whether it's two years and like 30 or three years and like, 45, but that last year is sort of not really there or some, or some fungible way to, to make it, um, a, a potential out for the team. Uh, but yeah, I think they're going to end up in sort of that $15 million range or, or close to it. Maybe it's more like, you know, 13 or something like that. Um, but I think it's going to be more than 10. Um, uh, some of that may be incentives because clearly incentives work with your and Clowney. Um, as illustrated by him going after certain bonuses, the the last couple of games, um, he was uh just dominating uh, people in that regard to chase after those. Um, so, how they, you know, structure it, who, we'll we'll see. But I think it's going to end up where Clowney can can reach you know thirteen, fifteen million dollars per season.
1: Uh, now, obviously, we feel you know Jadamian Clowney probably the most important free agent. David Njoku, you know. Probably maybe one B with Austin Hooper's play of the Browns current free agents, Pete. Who's the next biggest necessity after that?
0: Um it's a good question. Uh it might be MJ Stewart. Like
1: that's what that's where I was going with this. You look at those names and you look at what he did this year, and it's like, whoa, wow, well, really? Look, it's crazy how it, one year can change things.
0: It's just what Joe Woods wants to accomplish is he wants to have three safeties on the field that can do all three things that, that can play uh you know can can drop back and and uh play deep, can can play in man coverage, and can potentially play in the box. And MJ Stewart has literally done all those things already for the Browns, and he's gotten better. Um he he his Ronnie Harrison um is more suited to play that linebacker style role uh which is fine but ultimately somewhat limiting to to what the Browns do. The fact that MJ Stewart can potentially play that slot position full time but have the ability where they can, you know, sh- show fronts where, you know, him and uh Grant Delpit are in the box or something like that and then have him drop out and get, you know, the deep half or something like that is where this defense is going. Um I think it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm I generally don't have any idea what his market will be in terms of what he potentially earned. But that's part of it is I think um if the Browns feel like he's a as a player on the on the on the upward swing, they might be able to get him for a lower contract than than even Harrison despite you know uh playing better this year. I, I think Stewart is thrilled with what he's been able to do in Cleveland. Um, so I, I think he'd certainly be open to that uh, he, going from a depth player to being a, um, a a starter. His attitude is fantastic. Like he, he just gets it. Um, he views everything as sort of an opportunity. Um, they've had him play all over the defense. Um, he's still a young player uh, that's potentially entering his prime. Like to me, you know and it wouldn't surprise me if like there's some sticker shock with a deal with Stewart potentially but yep, yep. um he's just a a a player that has you know since they they grabbed him off waivers when the buccaneers let let him loose um after being a second round pick in i think it was 2018 um or somewhere in that neighborhood that he is that like he's the success story that you want like the you know they've been able to find some of these players that have done really well um in, in in with Cleveland that may not have su- had enjoyed the success that they had have anywhere else. So to me, um, I think Stewart. Uh, it, it feels like he's the perfect fit for what the Browns want in players. Um, it, it feels like a good fit from a defensive standpoint, and I think he's going to be somebody that they want to get taken care of. Um, uh, starting trio of safeties with john johnson grant delpit those two at the deep uh deep spots delpit strong uh johnson free and then mj stewart in that full time slot position and, and um what you'll see what what you, you should see quite a bit would be um mj stewart and troy hill sort of managing those slot spots um most of the re- most of the season
1: and that would be you know yeah, obviously contingent on troy hill re signing here as well um no i think One more time. Trey Hill's still under contract. He's got another year. Oh, he does? Okay. Never mind then. Apologize, folks. Um, With MJ Stewart, the thing, um, and, you know, drafted as a cornerback, obviously now has made the transition to safety. Um, And and we probably should have known the value of what the Browns felt um, for MJ Stewart. Because Pete all summer long, he did nothing. He was one of these guys. It was another one that was, you know, basically on the, uh, you know, toward the Berea all summer long on the bikes. Never a question about, you know, was there a roster spot for M.J. Stewart? There was always a roster spot for M.J. Stewart. Certainly, Ronnie Harrison's, you know, early season transgressions in the Kansas City game got M.J. Stewart on the field a lot longer. Uh, Injuries for Ronnie Harrison, COVID issues for Ronnie Harrison. um, And, you know, it certainly went through the rest of the Browns, you know, safety room. But as the time rolled on, you know, more and more time for M.J. Stewart. Um, I mean, and if you wanted to make a case, did he play like the second best safety, I believe as far as PFF concerned, he was the best safety on this team this year. Um, and it may be a situation where it may not even go. And I agree with you here where it may go like a long process, because I think the Browns maybe more than anybody else in the NFL know what they got value what mj stewart can do so it might not be a question of even where you know mj stewart's going to go and you know talk with other teams because it could be one where the browns value him so highly that you know he and his agents sit down and they say here's the offer up you know i mean like you know like the free you know kramer getting the uh free coffee for like i'll take it you know because it be, might be a number that they truly weren't expecting but you know, I think the Browns have an absolute ton of confidence in MJ Stewart. I think they would like to be able to go into year three with some continuation here, finally at the safety position. They obviously put a ton in upgrading that room here for year two. Obviously, year one with Grant Delpit, the time was missed. But now you would like to be able to say, "Hey, we're going to go into this. We know what we know where Grant is. We think there's a developmental arc coming for you know Grant Delpit." We've got to see the best of John Johnson III as the season went on. After you know a lot of miscommunications and some people trying to cover other people's transgressions early in the year, and the overall just development of MJ Stewart, the confidence level that which he played with, huge, huge, you know, you know, off season here, and maybe a really big opportunity for MJ Stewart going forward with this team, no doubt about it. But you know, as far as you know, Jadavian Clowney, yeah, this is you know, this is the pinnacle of. Planning and setting up your offseason attack is hopefully making sure that no matter what, number 90 remains in the fold here in Cleveland. We're going to get back here a little bit more. Pete Smith with Jeff Lloyd, your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. All caps, no space. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. The defensive tackle position and this one is going to be a talking point from now until April, maybe even after the draft here. And, Pete, this is where it gets a little bit difficult because, you know, if it's something that, they're, you know, and most likely maybe it's sign one in free agency, try and draft one. And this kind of goes into the Browns' age guardrails as far as, you know, the age of players they want to draft, players they want to target in the draft issue here pete though for me is this is this draft class is obviously unlike any other in the fact that you have so many players who opted out of the 2020 season so on its face this looks like it could be a little bit of an older draft class than maybe we are truly used to and the thing that gets a little bit wonky here is you know you don't think you're addressing this in round one maybe not even in round two but then you get to you know you have you know, you ran your third round pick. You have the pick you just brought. Uh, you're getting here from the Minnesota Vikings uh, as they, you know, signed Cuesti Adapo Menso to be their general manager. You have, I believe it's 115 there in the fourth. Is, is this one, Pete, where they might have to disregard their ultimate pleasure as far as their age guard rails in order to satisfy a need? Because it seems with that middle grouping right now, the way it stands, of this defensive tackle class, these guys aren't particularly perfect fits as far as what the the Browns want as far as you know age in players that they're
0: drafting well I mean I think that that ultimately comes down to what what gets done in free agency if they can take care of it in free agency and I expect they will make every effort to do that then no and and I would not expect them to want to do that or feel comfortable with doing that um, if they find themselves in a spot where they can't address those things. And they might have to take somebody who's outside of that, like a Devonte Wyatt, who's going to already be 24 or, or some of these other players that are like that. But um, it's just, I, I don't, I think they will make every effort to avoid it. Um, I, I think they will be able to get it done. Um, there are a number of players that are going to be free agents um, that, that give them the ability to sort of address that area. Um, and, and maybe there's some small school guys that, that we just don't have enough information on at this point to really uh, know what they can sort of bring to the table. But, you know, outside of Jordan Davis, who, you know, I think would be great in the second round, but I feel isn't worth a first round pick to me. Somebody's probably going to take him for the exact reasons we're talking about though. Um, or Travis Jones out of UConn. Um, it's, it's tough it is really difficult to find guys that like um, have done anything or um, have, uh, you know, have, have succeeded on any level that aren't old. The one guy that sort of like is interesting to me, and I'm curious to see where he ends up going is the kid out of Arizona state. uh, Is it Lowell or Lale or whatever, because he missed um, all of this past year with injury, but he was like fantastic for them for the year before. And he's pretty good. Um, he, he was really effective that year. So I'm curious to see if um, if, if he's healthy uh, in training and stuff, which I expect he will be. What does that look like for uh, you know a player like that? Because of the class that we're looking at, because of the the challenges uh, that this class is fit, uh, facing, that uh, could you know, put a lot of teams in a bind and that could drive prices up in free agency, which is also a challenge um, could work for the Browns and against the Browns. In that case, obviously if, if they're more expensive, they don't have as much room to operate. However, if they're more expensive, some of these teams like potentially Buffalo um, or Cincinnati may not be able to resign uh, Harrison Phillips or, or BJ Hill, and that gives the Browns an opportunity. The other obviously benefit the Browns is they've got a hell of a sales pitch um, for, for, for what they have to offer in terms of being able to come work with miles, Garrett, and would and Clowney uh, on your bookends. Like you get to be a star, um, you know, can, can, can they get a guy like DJ Jones out of San Francisco um, who knows Joe Woods a little bit, um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I, I think the Browns will do everything in their power to avoid putting themselves in a position where they have to um, go outside of what they want to do. Uh, I think they want to focus on getting um, players that fit how they operate. Um, you know, they're not unwilling to take kids who are 23, um, but if they can get somebody who's 20 to 22, that seems to be their preference, and more power to them.
1: Uh, it, it will be
0: interesting because you know, as I was saying
1: here, this you know, this draft cast looks like it, it could be in a spot where it is, and it's going to be understandable. There's no way around that. Um, you know, with so many players that opted out of the 2020 season, um, but you could be in a position here where this draft class is, you know, just generally a little bit older than normal. And look, the Browns do have their guardrails, obviously, and they you, you know they love to stick to them. But it could be you know a situation where you know maybe their hand gets tipped, so to speak. And it certainly maybe could have something to do as far as just the way the defensive tackle class lays. And for Jordan Davis, for me, it's if Jordan Davis does his job on first and 10, Jordan Davis isn't there for second down. He isn't there for third down uh, as the Browns will just want to go inherently faster, bring in players to play in the interior. Like we mentioned, a player like Logan Hall yesterday from Houston, those type of players. Um, the defensive end position, Pete, you know, you, even if you do get Clowney re-signed, I mean, we're down to Adenabo, Joe Jackson, the Porter Gustins of the world. I, 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 I don't know. I, I would just say in a perfect world, I, I think the Browns would just, would rather just say, I think I'd rather just redo the room and just, we've seen what we've seen. And, you know, I, you know, and it's not that these guys you know, are absolutely terrible, I mean, the role players, but it's not much there. Is it time to maybe look to get younger and start to look at some of these players, whether it's, you know, Cam Thomas, San Diego State, Drake Jackson, uh, Kingsley Annabare from South Carolina, um, Majee Sanders, a player that we talked about yesterday, certainly. Um, For me, I I just, I I think we're done with the guys that have been, I mean, you know, obviously Tack for most parts was DN number three last year. But these guys who filled in at times being the third D and fourth, fifth, whatever it is, I, I think we, we've got to the point where we've seen enough and, you know, I, I don't need to see any more. Maybe it's time to get some fresher, younger athletic players in here and see if they can maybe develop into being a little bit more.
0: Well, I mean, if we're working under the assumption that we're going to have about $40 million invested in miles, Garrett and Jadevian Clowney, the answer is draft um, because then you're getting cost controlled assets that are younger um, and and are cheap for four years or whatever. Um, I'm a huge proponent of doing that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what Buffalo did, even if um, you know I may or may not agree with the players, as illustrated by their issues against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But um, even with Mario Addison and whatever was left of Jerry Hughes, they went out and they drafted Gregory Rousseau in the first round, and then came back and drafted Boogie Basham in the second. Um, I, I anticipate that the Browns will do something similar, whether it's, you know, I'm hoping it's two guys um, because for for multiple reasons. One, um, Jadevian Clowney is a fantastic player. He also happens to miss some time um, and, you know, hopefully – He's a 14-game player.
1: Yeah. At and, best, he's a 14-game player.
0: Yeah, so if he gives you all 14, that's great, but you still have the other three to worry about. And you still want to be able to put more guys on the field that can help you. And Jadevian Clowney and Miles Garrett are both versatile enough you can line them up and down so that if if the Browns do their job on first and second down and get them into third and long, that they can put four pass rushers out there. I mean, their pass rushing um, this past year, Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney combined for 25 sacks. The next guy up was Malik, uh, Malik McDowell with three. The guy after him was uh, Troy Hill with two. So, I mean, like, you can... Easily see where the Browns can make a significant improvement. So if it's just adding one guy like a Maja Sanders, or if it's a Cam Thomas or something like that, that could provide them a lot of value. Personally, I'm hoping they go for two, which is getting one guy who can fulfill that tack role um, of having a speed threat off the edge and getting somebody who can play up and down the line, particularly being able to line up on the interior um, which is why guys like Cam Thomas and, and Logan Hall are of interest to me. Um, but that, to me, is where the Browns have have an opportunity to go from a good defense to a great defense. You, you look at what Tennessee was able to do against the Bengals, and no, you're not going to have um, the nose tackle that they have. But Denico <laughs> Autry is not like you know a standard defensive tackle. I think he's like in that 290 range and he just creates problems uh, up and down the line. You you get into some of these other teams, and as long as you get into second and long, third and medium to long, you can put these sub-package players in there that are like 280 or 270 on the inside. Genevieve Clowney, you know, we, we sort of forget he's not like an enormous guy in terms of weight. He's never been like 280 yeah. pounds. Uh, he just happens to be so effective and powerful in there that he can do some damage. So if you can get guys that can do that who are confident on the interior, then that becomes a, a way to create that you mitigate the cost on the defensive line. And even if, if and Clowney is with the Browns for two or even three years, you know, at some point he will not be, and you'll have, you're hoping to put the guys in place that can eventually take over um, and, and just give the Browns more value up front uh, all you've seen are teams like the 49ers, um, you know, the, 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 the Rams, uh, the, these teams that just have a never ending supply of pass rushers and the Browns have, you know, a guy who is second to none in miles Garrett. And they have another really dominant player in Jadevian Clowney. How much better do they get? If they can get somebody who can chip in like four sacks, like, which is all Rousseau gave this year. Um, for the bills i think um can you get that much of an impact and how much better does that make this team overall tack mckinley um obviously had issues with groin his groin all year so he wasn't able to play as much as as you would have liked but when he was on the field his impact was significant and he was able to make plays and help other guys make plays that is where they can get value joe jackson made his share of contributions but Uh, like a Fetty, uh, a Denebo and Porter Gustin, I believe had the same number of sacks this year as I did. Um, I think they had the same amount of tackles behind the line of scrimmage that I did. So (laughs) those role players are important. Um, they came in and did some things that were helpful to the Browns, but they, that's an area where they can continue to get better. And I expect that to be a a focus. And with the Browns now holding, You
1: know, four selections within the top 100. We'll get the finalization down the road of where the actual number pick, um, compensatory uh, compensatory pick from, you know, questing moving on will be the Browns. I mean, you know, if you told me it was a combination of, you know, three, you know, a combination between, you know, defensive end and wide receiver, that it's three of those four selections, maybe even four of those four selections. I wouldn't absolutely be stunned. Um, It's where the biggest needs are currently and you know you want to get younger you want to get faster you want to get more athletic when you say all those three things that doesn't mean free agency usually 110 percent means going through the draft with those positions he is pete smith uh brown's digest uh rocking and rolling every day content wise here in the off season over on sportsillustrated.com make sure you are checking everything out over there make sure you're checking out the podcast uh from pete and nicole Obviously, um, you know, Nicole back in the saddle this week uh, went up yesterday uh, for Pete's sake. Uh, Pete and Nicole uh, continue to crush it. Weekly podcast over there on SI.com. Make sure you get to that as well. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore as well. Um, The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open, as everybody knows. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Questions, ideas, thoughts for the show. And this is what I kind of appreciate about this time of the year is, you know, it's a lot more feedback from you guys. It's a lot more of, you know, what you guys want to hear, you know, during the show, we try to, I mean, during the season, we try to handle it a specific way, as far as giving you a routine, a schedule, you know, as far as, you know, closing out, you know, the past week's game heading into, you know, the next week's game. But now we have a little more, you know, freedom, liberties, and obviously a lot more topics to discuss, you know, with free agency, with certain players, you know, with a little bit more of an overall league focus than you get to the draft. Um you know, trying to cover as many players as we possibly can, trying to pinpoint the accurate players, the perfect players that you know would fit the Cleveland Browns. and you know, Pete and I we've done a pretty good job over that the last couple of years. you know, Pete puts out his list of you know, players that basically meet athletic, production, age, tape, guardrails, you know, for what the Browns like. He does a great job with that. You know, I've been able to pinpoint some players here over the last couple of years and pretty much where I think, you know, the Browns would have interest in him. That's worked out well. Um, But, but, you know, as much as we miss the regular season, as much as we miss game action, there's a lot of appeal, a lot of appeal to doing, you know, content this time of year. Um, And we try to do our best to give it to you uh, in the best way we can, best way we know how. To do it uh, for everybody who listens to Locked On Browns, I appreciate you for making it your first listen day at day in day out. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your dog. I don't care. Uh, get more, uh, get more ears on the show, and eventually eyes. Wink, wink. More to come on that. Um, whatever platform you are using for your listening to Locked On Browns, make sure you are follow following or subscribed to the podcast leaving those five-star ratings, written reviews. Get back in tomorrow. We will give you uh, thoughts for Championship Sunday as Cincinnati Bengals travel to Kansas City, San Francisco, and the Rams one more time as the 49ers won six in a row. See if the Rams can snap that in SoFi Sunday night. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things to a pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.